0: Hey, hi, what's up? Welcome back to Luminous Maxima. It's your favorite podcast ever. I'm Sarah. I'm Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> She's never ready for these peppy intros, you guys. God, get it together. We do it every week. I was laughing at your favorite podcast ever. I mean, everyone needs a favorite. Why not have it be us? Yeah, true. I guess I was laughing at more of like how you said it, but it's fine. It's ever. Fine. Your favorite Ever. <laughs> So, welcome back. We are still in our death series. Yay! This Perfect week... for a happy intro. <laughs> this week, we are moving on to representative and character death. So, basically, a death that was intended to affect characters' development, elicit an emotional response, or signal an end of something other than life. <laughs> other than life, yeah. <laughs> I'm so yes. good at this. Guys, I know I say this every week, but today was a particularly long day. Shit is going down at my school right now. People are getting lawyers. It's serious. Yeah, new stuff has happened since the last time we talked to Lainey. It's crazy. It's crazy. It all happened today, too. So, Okay, we'll table that. Tabled, because my phone is 41% for us to do this episode on. All right, let's do it. We have a new, a new, new segment. Obviously, we have a new end segment, but... And this is Delaney's segment, which I actually think is a really good idea. Yeah. But it's going to be Harry Potter-related news. And we're going to call it the Daily Prophet because why, Tentatively, because why because I can't think of anything else. broke? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... You want to go ahead and read our article for this week? Yes. So this week we got major news. Major news. Um, so they just announced a new ride in Universal Orlando called Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. If you ask me, that's a that's a mouthful. That's a little much. Yeah. But, no. No need. <laughs> yeah, but it's coming to Universal Orlando in June, I believe. It's on June 13th, um, and it's actually replacing the Dueling Dragons ride there that was between Hogwarts and Hogsmeade. Which you know, I actually really enjoyed Dueling Dragons. I thought oh, it. Was- it was fun, it. I thought I it was fun. It. Yeah. I did not enjoy the Quidditch ride, it made me very sick. Yeah, me too. The one yeah. in the castle, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. very yeah. sick. I haven't but- been to Universal Orlando to Harry Potter World in a hot minute. We went for my high school graduation, that was our grad bash, and that was so. In- you haven't been to Diagon Alley yet, right? I have, yeah, they had some okay. of it when I was there. Okay. Um, but I haven't seen like 90% of the new stuff because I haven't been in. Oh my God! Has it been seven years since I graduated from high school? Gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Oh no, maybe it's been six years. It's been six years. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, very exciting. I want you guys to know that Delaney called this. I did. I knew it was gonna <laughs> be a Hagrid and um, Forbidden Forest thing. I was actually hoping it was going to be um, the uh, Weasley's car, but you know, it's all that all right. would have been that would have been fun. I do think out of all the rides that they could have done, this one's very obscure. There's a lot that they can do with it that's very fun. But in terms of Harry Potter, I think there are other things that they could have done that may have been more Harry Potter esque. <laughs> well, if you look at like the layout and everything, it was just very, very natural to do a Forbidden Forest uh, ride because it's in the right place. Um, but, but yeah, it is a little strange. They say it's their most themed co- uh, roller coaster yet, so I don't really know what that means. But I mean, I can totally see it. All of Hagrid's magical creatures, obviously, mm-hmm. seven books you know even at just two or three per book which obviously there's way more that's tons of things that you can incorporate right it's just i don't know if i was going to pick any character to do a write-off of i don't know The haggard would have been my first choice but it makes sense i'm not saying this i could be good it makes sense totally yeah yeah it, it it makes sense the layout and it makes sense with um with the black forbidden forest or whichever you want to call it yeah, I mean, it makes sense to have Hagrid do it, but I, I will say that I was a little surprised that they did the motorbike instead of the car because the car is like connected with the forest and the, the motorbike isn't, but whatever. Yeah, but I mean, the motorbike's Hagrid related and you get a little serious yeah. input. People seem to forget where Hagrid it's got his series. motorcycle from. It was serious as first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's our super exciting. New in the world of Harry Potter news. Next, we have a super exciting listener review. We have another great one to read for you this week. The title is Great Podcast. They gave us five stars. I was going to say she, but honestly, unsure. Um, It's by Huffly Puff. There's hyphens in between everything. I'm assuming I say them as three separate words. But anyways, it says, as an avid Harry Potter reader, this is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to for all things Harry Potter. The hosts have a great back and forth in their opposing mentality. Slytherin and Gryffindor brings a fun and interesting dynamic to the podcast. They discuss issues that I have always had questions about. It's a great way to spend an hour. So thank you for five stars and the review. Guys, we will read your review. Don't be shy. Bang one out. (laughs) Don't be shy. And thanks to that specific listener for literally listening to our hour long podcast. Yeah, that was way <laughs> back that review. It I for whatever reason, it takes us a long time to get access to our reviews. We're yeah. we're working on it. But that was about some of our earlier episodes, which were admittedly late. We did not get the 45 minutes or less memo. No, <laughs> we did point. not. So, anyways, Oops. thank you so much for that review. If you guys like our podcast, leave us a review. Give us five stars. Do all that. We will remind you at the end of the episode also because it just feels natural. So anyways, on to <laughs> a not new segment, the weekly wizarding question, which has been around forever. Mm-hmm. This week's question is, why can some people do non-verbal, non-wand-based magic, but it's so important to know how to wave a wand in a specific pattern to cast a spell? Yeah. And this is actually something that we we talk about nonverbal, non wand based magic a lot. For people mm-hmm. who aren't magical, it's very important to us. Yeah. But this was brought up when Delaney was designing our new cover art and she mm-hmm. did the wands in the actual direction and motion of the Lumos Maximus spell. And it's great. And there are tons of instances in the book where they're teaching a specific you guys can't see it, but I'm, like, waving my arms around right now. <laughs> How they're did teaching, I know you were doing that? They're teaching a specific motion. They're teaching a specific incantation. They're teaching a specific tone. I mean, there's all sorts mm-hmm. of things that goes into it that are verbal and kinesiatic movements. Mm-hmm. But people can do nonverbal, non one based magic. So why is it so important? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know, especially the pattern. The pattern is one of the ones that get me because, like, the nonverbal, like, you can maybe, like, think it. Right, but the like spell, but there's like, a very... So I don't know, cool. maybe you have to imagine the pattern in your mind. We don't ever maybe. really get inside the head of a character doing nonverbal, non wand based yeah. magic. Yeah. So maybe there's a whole other way to do it. Or maybe it's just that when you're teaching people to control the magic, a specific wand movement produces the most consistent result of that spell. Maybe, but then when you get to like a certain level, you don't have to do right. that you pattern. Right, you can just channel all that magic like you want to. I don't know, but I think it's peculiar that they they talk about how great wizards can do these like non-verbal non-wand whatever but Mm -hmm. they're like you must do the pattern right you'll it's like all that shit so yeah anyways if you guys have insight hit us up we want to know what you think without further ado getting into this one might be the saddest episode oh it's gonna be close you don't think so Mm -mm. i think uh the next installment will be Okay, well, I think this one's really sad. We're going to talk it about... It is sad, yeah. Are you just talking about the second half of this? No, no, I'm talking about the unjustified
1: Oh, deaths. okay,
0: yeah, unjustified deaths will be rough, too. Mm-hmm. But we are moving on to part two. Nope. That's not right. Nope. Installment two. Installment two, part one. Part one of our death series. Last week, we did Death as a Plot Device, part one and two. This week, we're going to do representative and character developments part one next week part two and then we'll get on to unjustified deaths and as a casual reminder spoilers language my mature content opinions wow that was a little late (laughs) i know i'm sorry um but also we're gonna talk a lot about death so just you know a little warning for that and as a reminder also A lot of these characters apply to more than one category. So you'll notice that we have some repeats. We don't have 100% repeats, but we do have some repeats from our previous installment. So Mm -hmm. here we go. are going to give you a little background on everything we'll talk about who died how they died and then we'll go into more on how their death affected a character's development what emotion they're intended to elicit kind of what they represent in terms of a transitional piece in life or in life stage and i think they're all solid Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and then we're gonna cry a little bit. Yes, I think it's important to note with all of these that JK intended for all of her deaths to do something to the reader, to mean something, right. to elicit something, to signal something. She's She's, very adamant. She's not like George R.R. Martin where she's like, oh, it's your favorite character? Killed. Dead. Yeah. No, she's very adamant that each of these were supposed to do some of it. Some of the emotions that we have listed are things that she has actually specifically said. Some are characters she hasn't talked about. And it's just kind of things that we came up with. So. Yeah. Obviously, first on the list, Lily and James Potter. Yeah. It's definitely one of the biggest. Yeah. It's hard not to talk about them They obviously had a huge impact on Harry's development, his life story. We don't have the story without them. So they were in our plot device episode last week, but in terms of character development, losing his parents, especially before he ever got to know them, I think is a big part of what keeps Harry grounded. And it develops his character in the sense that he, there's like never an option for him to agree with what Voldemort is doing because he has, he's felt profound loss he finds a place in the world that he feels comfortable and he he wants to be happy yeah he doesn't have an obsession for power because he never struggled with that family dynamic where like he was somehow not the favorite child the Dursley's dynamic with him was totally different so he just never he never needed the power because he realized that there were some things in life that were so much bigger like having a family so I think that's a big part for him yeah, and I think that if um, somehow Lily and James had survived and Harry was still somehow the chosen one in fighting Voldemort, I don't think that he would have had the gall and the nerve to do what was needed um, to defeat Voldemort. Because I think he would have been almost too afraid because he would have had to protect his family. Kind of like how... Or risk um, losing his family. Yeah. Right. Kind of like how Ron is like a little touchy there at the end because he's so worried about his family uh, Suffered. <laughs> yeah he's the family <laughs> suffering because of Harry Harry doesn't have that so he's able to really just be as ballsy as he needs to be yeah. so it would be a completely right. different story oh 100 it also kind of puts a nice juxtaposition up for readers because Harry and Voldemort have pretty similar upbringings mm-hmm, same very. general idea orphaned one goes to an orphanage although it sounds like Tom Riddle had a pretty good life at the orphanage. Yeah. It, I mean, it does seem like some of the horrible things he did at the orphanage were not really justified. Yeah. It seems like he just kind of did things because he was a not nice kid, but right. like, they're both orphans. Harry loses his parents and it's what makes him good versus right. Voldemort losing his parents. And it's what starts to turn him bad. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, the death of his parents is a huge moment in defining who Harry ends up being yeah. And I mean, obviously, it kicks off the, it kicks off the whole story, guys. <laughs> but yeah. um, I just it's hard to think that Harry would be so different if his parents didn't die, because you don't ever want to think that the loss of parents made someone better. But I think that a lot of his great qualities came out of the fact that he had profound sadness and had to work very hard at finding things that he enjoyed, places that he felt accepted, things that he felt helped to fill a void yeah, in his life. So I, and, it's, it's good, I think. I mean, it's not good, but he yeah, did and, a lot of good with the situation. Yeah, and I'd actually be concerned if someone wouldn't be profoundly different after losing their parents at such a young age. You, that and, that changes you, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I would almost argue that losing his parents wasn't the most profound thing that shaped him. I would say it's living no. with the Dursleys. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just because he never knew his parents. He was one, less than one, one-ish when they died. Not that mean, that means that he didn't feel profound loss and sadness and a yeah, sense of and, and misplacement, and his, but. Yeah, and his parents, n- not knowing his parents and so many other people knowing about his parents in his early life, I think messes him up in different ways. And I oh, think yeah. actually more later on. Than at the beginning of his life. Yeah, but everyone everyone knows about him. Everyone right. knows about him. And he doesn't even know about him. Right. He's got so many other issues. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. So, yes, James and Lily Potter. Huge character development. We're still waiting to hear their character development. JK, since you're listening, hit us with that Marauders. <laughs> hit us up, baby. Um, oh, God. The money I, I would spend to see a Marauders movie or TV show. Oh, my I gosh. will literally say it every couple episodes till i die yeah pretty much next up who was also last week cedric diggory he we obviously know who cedric is he's just a really well-liked guy who's super chill and everyone seems to really like him so he's he's real chill now he's he's lukewarm um he's (laughs) one of those characters that you were shocked to see him die He's yeah. the first person that we know, in air quotes, really, that dies. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's very difficult, especially because we didn't have a per- we didn't have a particular affinity to him. So it's not like we felt any super loss when it happened. But then you're reading and you're like, oh, no, it's Cedric. So that was and bad. I- and I think a lot of the the loss and the sadness that we feel is seeing how Harry reacts and yes. how how ever how shaken everybody else is. Everyone is shaken because the big part of his death. This represented that the war has come to the safe place. The war has come to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Everyone is susceptible to this war. It doesn't matter how safe you think you are, how isolated you think you are, how uninvolved you think you are, how young or old you are. Mm-hmm. It. It shifted. It made it from a war that was a concept to a war that was a war. Yeah. And I also don't think it helps that it was possible because of Barty Crouch Jr. pretending to be a incredible or that Dumbledore trusted. Oh, and then yeah. He so let much, him in the castle. Or... So much betrayal. So yeah. many, so many feelings of betrayal, insecurity, uh, violation. I mean, a ton of them. Yeah. And then on top of everything else, even people who are completely uninvolved in the political aspects of this wizarding war, like Cedric was, are not safe from it. Obviously, right. there are a lot of people who've taken staunch stances on good side, bad side, what side they're going to be on. But there are a lot of people who haven't. Those people are no longer safe either. Right. That's that's really tough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, poor Cedric. We miss poor you. Poor Cedric, yeah. Poor Cedric. Bye, Cedric. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> yeah, this next one's real rough. Hedwig. Hedwig, mm. Hedwig, Hedwig. Sweet, sweet baby bird. Oh, Represents, honestly, one of the saddest, I think, losses yeah. that we have. And represents some of the hardest changes in the period of life that Harry's in. Yeah. Which um, some people have said Hedwig just delivered mail. If you listen to Potterless, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking to what? you, dude. Potterless. Yeah. The guy, I don't even know his name, to be honest. I don't listen to his podcast, if I'm being totally honest. But this was something that popped up on Twitter. He just thinks that Hedwig just delivered mail. Hedwig mm. was a genuine friend, a deeply special bird. The first connection to the wizarding world, really, yeah. that Harry had. So Hedwig and- represents oh, sad. Yeah, and Harry, I just read Hedwig's death, like, the other week, so yeah, I'm like, it's, it's real fresh it's in my mind. Fresh. Um, but he even said that, like, she was his connection to the Wizarding World when he wasn't able to be at Hogwarts. When he mm-hmm. was at the Dursleys hating his life, she was there for him to remind him that he, he this wasn't his home, that he had a yeah. home somewhere else to be. So when she dies, it's like he's losing a family member. Yes, it's definitely a good representation of what we would consider alternative family loss, which every, everyone for Harry's alternative family. <laughs> for real, though. <laughs> um, yeah. But she also kind of represents the end of his childhood. Oh, definitely. To this definitely. point, Harry doesn't see, I mean, he's seen people, obviously Cedric, he's he killed in front of him, but this is the first person that Harry really, like, knows, not person, but thing, Harry knows, cares about, loves, wants to protect, that he is unable to. Yeah. which signals a huge shift between the childhood aspect of the books and the adult aspect of the books. Obviously this happens right towards the end of the series, but really, although Harry's but- living in an adult scenario, he doesn't function completely as an adult for much of it. Much yeah, of the and- book. And it also happens right as he's leaving for the dirt, uh, leaving the Dursleys for the last time when he's not going to Hogwarts yeah, for he- the first time. He actually becomes an adult the moment that this happens. Right. So, and, I was just thinking of this, but it also represents a final loss of Sirius for him because for a long time, this was his only communication to Sirius. And although Sirius has been dead at this point for, I don't know, a year, a year and a half, Mm -hmm. um, this is, this is, Hedwig closes a lot of doors for him. Yeah, Um, Hogwarts, his childhood, Sirius, the whole nine. So that's definitely a tough one yeah it is plus i mean we don't see a lot of animals being killed really no we really don't we don't really see i mean we see like some bugs and stuff being squished but for the most part we don't see a lot of animals dying so that's really hard yeah it is hard poor hedwig poor hedwig it was rough it was so rough it was reading reading these deaths is rough reading any of these is rough she writes them in a way that makes you take pause which I enjoy I like when writers want to elicit something from their readers and they put the effort into writing it in such a way that 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 emotion or that pause is forced upon readers I like that yeah I like that a lot if if I read a death of a at least a little bit of substantial character and don't die there's or don't cry there's a problem I don't really I don't really cry but, but I, but I like I'm, to, th- I like to think about them. Yeah, I know you I'm, cry. <laughs> I'm an empathetic crier, so <laughs> yeah, I, you cry. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, no. All right, next. I didn't it's cry at this next one. one, but it was a rough one, and that is Lupin and Tonks. They obviously die during the Battle of Hogwarts. It's a tough one because you're thinking, man, they finally just got it together. <laughs> yeah, and they've had a rough go of it. And they just had a, a, they just had a son. Yeah. Which means that they are creating Orphans of War and they represent the Orphans of War. Comes full circle. It totally comes full circle because it mirrors Harry's stories in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because it kills off the last of the Marauders. Sad. Sad. So sad. I, I really do wish that she had left like that there had been an extraneous other character who was in there, but not super involved, but then came into Harry's life after the battle of Hogwarts so that he could have that connection to his parents because like most of the order guys and the Marauders die. And that doesn't leave a lot of people that knew Harry's parents that were like close to him and yeah. close to them. So I, it would have been nice if there was like a, not a pedigree because you know, obviously he also dies, but just a, like a fifth guy. I guess you, you could know? argue that Hagrid is a little bit, he knew the parents he knew I Dumbledore mean, he, he knew he Sirius knew them. he knew them but I don't know that he knew them well enough to be able to give Harry the fulfillment of who they were because no. everyone everyone just generally says you know oh they were good people and they were good wizards and they were like kind people and but no one I mean I want someone who knew them knew them to be able to share that with him yeah well we don't but, get that no we don't get that we would if we got him a Marauders book yeah we would <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Lupin and Tonks, I I've always been bothered by how their death plays out in the book because she makes an effort to make all of the other deaths very poignant yeah. and stand out and written in a way to stand out, and then Lupin and Tonks, maybe I just haven't read their death scene recently and it's just not sitting in my mind right, but for some reason I just don't remember it being that important. Yeah, it is kind of unceremonious, and I mean, in like we just talked about Hedwig. Hedwig's scenes are crushing. Yeah, I think I think part of the difference is that with Lupin and Tonks, it's they die the Battle of Hogwarts, where so many people die. But, I mean, Hedwig Hedwig dies in a very chaotic moment, though. She dies, but it's only but her Moody. Yeah, but it's only her Moody. I don't know. There's a lot. Of other stuff also going on i don't know it's just always bothered me for characters that are so beloved i mean tonks and lupin are pretty much across the board characters that people like i yeah. don't know that i've ever met someone who's got an issue with lupin or tonks in any significant way yeah so i don't know. i just wanted them to kind of get get what they were needing in terms of death i think they yeah, did I totally agree in the epilogue a little bit with His, you know, their son, but Mm -hmm. even then, I just don't know that we got that much from that. Yeah, I don't know. And it still bothers me that Harry didn't name his son after Lupin, but I guess he was keeping it for his for Teddy, but still, it still bothers me a little to be honest. (laughs) Who knows? And then our last one for this segment we've got 12 characters, we're gonna kind of split them up, otherwise, it would be a really long episode. Um, yes. Although, hey, we're doing so good on time right now. Go we us. Go us. Yeah. For this one, we'll talk about him for a little while. But Sirius Black, he <laughs> he was a character who wasn't necessarily used for character development like a lot of the other characters are. But he was used as a representative death. He was intended to elicit an emotional reaction and to give you a sense of a certain, I guess, emotion. I was gonna, uh, yeah, I was gonna say his, his character, his death did so much character development for Harry. I mean, did it though? Yeah, I think that after Cedric, Sirius was the biggest and most jarring blow for Harry. I mean, it's his only family member. So, from the idea that it's his only family member, it was shocking. Mm -hmm. But, we didn't that, know that he had the family until the third year, and then he loses the family in the fifth year. So we had hope that it would grow, yeah. but Sirius's personality, which but, is reckless to a fault, yeah, made me think that he was always going to die. I always had the sinking feeling that he was going to do something that was going to get himself killed. See, I didn't, but here's the reason that I think that his death is incredibly... Uh... A big character development for Harry. So it all happens because Harry himself was reckless. He let Voldemort trick him into going off and doing this reckless plan by just running into a trap and then Sirius dies because of it. And I think it's one of the main moments that he realizes that he has to be careful with what he does and how he does it because other people can get hurt. With Cedric, it was. Voldemort was just being an I mean an asshole and just like killed him and there was nothing Harry could do. With Sirius Harry could have not put them in this situation and it was related to how Harry handled it. So are you saying that Harry's ability to not let Voldemort put false memories in his brain is important? Yeah but I don't think that Dobby really <laughs> changed that. So this from last week you guys will yeah. have to listen to it. But Sirius's death is intended to elicit disbelief yeah. for a number of reasons. One, because he is the only family member that Harry has. Harry has mm-hmm. no family for a long time. The Weasleys are a great stand-in. They yeah. do a wonderful job. But Sirius is actual family, family yeah. that Harry didn't know he had for a long time and then only had for a short time. So you think that, you know, after this, we will be a proper family. And you're like, yeah, you will. And then you're like, no, you won't. Yeah. So that disbelief in that way, then disbelief in the way that, I mean, Sirius had survived so much. He lived through the murder of his best friends. He lived through the societal ostracization of his other best friend. He then lived through being framed by his other best friend then he God. went to azkaban and had his soul sucked out for like 12 or years or something like that 12 and years, then yeah. he came back he was living through a second wizarding war and he was only killed by his own hubris yeah it was his own arrogance his own desire to be reckless mm-hmm. that led to his death and that you're just like dude you had one job stay alive don't yeah. be reckless. And he's yeah. a very reckless person. And yes. we will talk about it in an upcoming character series dedicated yeah. to the people that we think need to be talked about, which is yeah. So, But I, I also think that Sirius is a monumental death for Harry, too, because he knew Cedric, but they weren't like Bessies. And he didn't remember anything about his parents. So Sirius is the first death where it's like he's actually genuinely close to this person and he watches them die. And he's actually so. genuinely losing links to his parents. Right. It's it's Big the link deal. that he didn't know that he had and then yeah. he loses it. Yeah. It also elicits disbelief because for a long time we're not entirely sure that Sirius is dead. And Harry's not. He, Be- he He's in denial for a little bit. He's definitely in denial but the way in which he died because he fell through the curtain which people don't really understand mm-hmm. makes it really difficult for Harry to accept that he's dead and if, even for some other people that were there to accept that he was dead. Obviously, Arthur's like, no, he, like, went... No, it was Lupin. Lupin was like, no, he went beyond the curtain. Like, he's not coming back. Yeah. But to Harry's point, he's like, well, where do they go? And they're like, somewhere, you know? So yeah. it's even disbelief in the idea that he really is truly dead and not coming back.
1: Right. Because
0: the magic that surrounds this particular area is very unknown. Which, I have so many questions about that particular area in the yeah. ministry. Did they... Did they put it in the ministry? Did they build the ministry around it? What is it? What yeah, is true. the cloak? I true. I don't really know. And so... I also I also think it's a sense of disbelief too because it happened so quickly. She wrote it in to where like you kind of question right after you read it, what the hell just happened? Yeah, because it's everything's fine, everything's fine, he's dead, and then everything's moving on. You're like, wait a minute, let me go read that line again. And then yeah. serious, he's laughing, he falls through the veil and end scene. Like, yeah. What? It was just so quick, what? so yes, so much disbelief, so much disbelief. So, Sirius kicks off kind of our more um, and they represent emotions that are elicited versus character development characters. But we are going to cut it at Sirius and we'll pick it back up with our remaining so five one, two, three, four, five. Yes, five characters next week. Um, should we tell them who we're talking about next week? Should it be a sure, So next week now we we're going to hit on Albus Dumbledore, Dobby, Moody, Fred Weasley, and Severus Snape. Next week's going to be even longer. Those are some good ones. Yeah, those are. Some but we will ones. definitely get into intended, elicited responses and emotions a lot more next week. This week was more character development, um so we'll, we'll get into some juicier stuff next week. But mm-hmm. without further ado, it's what your hosts are loving this week. I feel like we should have a theme song that plays over this (laughs) and it's like kind of jazzy Uh, like you know the YouTube videos where they're like my September favorites and you're like what are your favorites that I can't afford (laughs) I don't know those are my favorites I don't know if you guys watch those those, videos I watch those so anyways I love them so this week I love Netflix and that's really basic Harry's walking by me he's laughing at me it is really basic But I think it's super undervalued. I know that people will just binge watch all day. But there is nothing more satisfying after having just the shittiest day than sitting down and knowing that shows that you already know you love are available. And you can watch whatever episode you want without a commercial on repeat. It's super comforting. I've needed it a lot lately. Things have been very stressful. And they also make really fire original series and docuseries and movies they've just had some really great stuff lately so they what's your favorite thing you've watched lately on netflix my favorite thing i've watched lately on netflix that's a really good question what have i been watching lately I know. well i've been watching new girl again i love new girl it's not oh, okay. new but i love new girl again um i loved all their like teen broncoms that they had for a while so like kissing booths <laughs> and oh i hate that movie oh, i loved it and I what it. was the one with a girl who thought she was ugly but she was just fine i don't remember what it's called what that's a netflix movie it's about a girl i know it's got that there's noah a lot of them. it's got that noah guy in it there's two of them they had that had that noah guy in yeah it. so what's the other one there's the one to all it's like to all the boys I've loved before okay like so that. then there's that one also no oh Sierra oh, Burgess Sarah is a, Burgess? Burgess okay, is a yeah. loser to all the boys I've loved before and uh the kissing booth those were all really fun so I hated the kissing booth the other two were okay okay well you're stupid <laughs> wow so anyways okay. I'm loving I guess I could say just I'm loving streaming services because I I have Hulu also and I like Hulu very much I also have Amazon mm-hmm prime stream i have too many of them i don't watch enough shows they i have all of them it's hard because they don't put them all in one platform like i can I only know. get some anyways so i'm which by the way hold on you need to watch the umbrella academy i'm just letting you know no Anywho. creepy creepy moving on people said there was it's like the x-men yeah people said there was like awkward incest tendencies and i'm not about that well yeah but so there's game of thrones too which is incredible I you need to watch don't that as watch well. it either <laughs> You need can to watch you see that. that I have aversions to some topics? Anyways, Ugh. I'm loving streaming services. There's just something very comforting about knowing you can get basically anything you want to just decompress with. That's real nice. Yeah. Well, I am loving audiobooks. Yes, love audiobooks. Yeah, so I've never been much of an audiobook person in really Me either, more of like a podcast. Until I got like busy and shit. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I've always just been if I'm going to listen to something that's not music, then I'm going to listen to like a podcast. But um, so I but I bought uh, Deathly Hallows as an audiobook, um, and I've been using it to supplement reading. So I don't have a whole lot of time to just like sit down and read. So like maybe I'll read like a chapter or two at night and then I'll supplement by listening to a couple of chapters to and from work. And it's been great, except for when I listened to Hedwig's Death yeah on the way home from work rookie mistake delaney rough. is listening to any book after goblet of fire in the car <laughs> well people be dying I mean, left and right yeah but i mean there's some good things about it like um jim dale i think is the narrator and yeah. he's incredible he's pretty good although so... i gotta say i cannot stand his female voices yeah i was gonna say his female voices are pretty and, bad, but... and for the most part it's not a big deal but considering hermione talks a lot it's like really fucking annoying Harry, Harry, that's how he says it. Harry, you can't do that, Harry. Harry, your papers. Yeah. Do, you're like, stop, Harry. And it's like everybody else, it's like, Harry. Yeah, it's and, and But like, else, Hermione's like, Harry, Harry. 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 And I love Jim Dale, <laughs> so I can say this. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah, he does need to work on his Hermione um, voice. In a perfect bit. world, Alan Rickman would have read the books for the audiobook. Oh, I don't know. It would have taken 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Turn to page. Yeah, <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know who I would choose to narrate. Yes, I do. Somebody, Chris Evans. Thank you, Chris Evans narrates the Harry Potter series uh, to something. Ooh, Chris Evans. I pay Ooh. big money. I never leave my house. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I love him, but maybe Chris Pine. Chris Pine, I feel like would be good. Let's name all the Chris's. Chris Hemsworth. All oh, the Chris's. Chris, Ooh, what Chris if they? Pratt. What if they? What what if they switched off? One Chris oh. per book. We're gonna have to come up with yes. more famous Chris's <laughs> So, anyways, yeah, audiobooks and streaming services. As you can tell, we are saving the environment lately. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Paperless, paperless, infinite uh. paper in a paperless world. Oh, I've also been watching a lot of Office, The Office lately. Yeah, it's not it's Uh-oh. not original, but I love The Office. I don't like The Office, Parks and Rec is better. I liked Parks and Rec, although I will say I like The Office better. I didn't get into <sighs> The Office originally because I thought it was stupid. <laughs> and then I tried to watch it again more recently and I couldn't get through the first like season or two because I just thought this is so ridiculous. And then obviously someone was like, "Just start like the midway through season 2." So I did and it was great. So then I finally, you know, went back and watched season 1, which didn't really fill any gaps for me. But whatever. So. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna wrap it up because it's way off base. If base is Mars, we on Earth. So I I'm (laughs) so sorry. (laughs) Anyways, thank you so So much for this. (laughs) Well here he's like trying to go to bed right now and he's not happy with me. (laughs) Whatever. Okay, try again. End scene. (sighs) Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> Whoa. Thank you so much for listening this week. We've really enjoyed making these series about death. I hope that they <laughs> I hope that they have kind of given or at least started to give you guys a little bit of a different perspective on death. That is a little bit of a goal of this series is to just help people experience the deaths in the book that we took very personally in maybe a new way and think about them in a secondary way as well, other than just people no longer existing in the series. We will be moving right along next week into part two of installment two, which is representative and character deaths. When we finish this, which will be next week, we will then move on to part three of our death series, which is going to be our Justified and Unjustified Deaths. That'll be a thriller. And then uh, we'll kind of get into just some, like, one-part episodes and stuff for a little while before we get into anything else. We love it when you guys leave us reviews. Obviously, we love it. We read them to you. It makes us happy. It makes us glow. It gives us purpose. So, (laughs) What is just happening with you tonight? I'm so... Over it, um, not this <laughs> podcast, just my life in general. Um, no, but really, we we do love it when you guys leave us reviews, so we would appreciate it if you went onto your streaming platform and subscribed to the podcast, left a rating, and left your review. If you can like it, like it. If you can share it, share it. Share it with a friend. It would be so cool if they have everyone shared it with one Harry Potter friend. I know you have one. Everyone has a least one has Harry one. Potter friend. Even mm-hmm. my boyfriend who's not a Harry Potter person, has a Harry Potter friend. So I know yeah. they're out there. Go find them. You can, <laughs> in addition to <laughs> rating, reviewing, and subscribing, reach out to us on social media. We are way more active than we have been. You're welcome. You can find us on Instagram at Lumas Maxima Podcast, on Twitter at Lumas Maxima Pod. And you can send us emails at loomismaximopodcasts at gmail.com. We are still working on some super, super amazing, super secret content for you guys. And as soon as we have it all ready and perfect and polished, we will share it with you. The first place that it will be uploaded and information will be on our social media. So make sure that you go on and follow us and interact with us there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that about, about to fall asleep. <laughs> about wraps up. Delaney was like, let me put my pajamas on and wash my face before we record. I'm literally in bed. Yeah. I'm literally so, in bed. <laughs> I still have to put my pajamas on and wash my face. I've made a terrible mistake. You have. Whatevs. Yes, you have. What ups? We finished in like 20 minutes and now we're at 40 minutes. What are we doing? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit this, guys. No, you can <laughs> it really? All right. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week with part two of our representative character deaths. Bye. Bye.